Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report Podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, we saw a lot of losses last week. I'll just start it there. Um, we thought we were going to be a little busier this week than we are, which isn't always the worst thing in the world, but we have all our soccer teams done, all our football teams done kind of unexpectedly, um, and we only have two volleyball teams left as well. So, I mean, there's there's some pros and cons to that, I guess, but uh, how are you doing today? Yeah, no, doing good today, but yeah, last week was hard. Um, I know for us, we were really busy over the last week, and we have plenty of stuff to talk about on this podcast, that's for sure. But um, yeah, unfortunately, a lot of bad news on this podcast. Um, we have some good news, um, obviously, with volleyball still still having a couple teams left, and then cross country and girls swimming. They also were competing last week and had some good performances too. So um, not all bad, but it's just uh, obviously it's heartbreaking to see some of these teams. I mean, especially with some close losses last week on, on Saturday night for football and then also some close losses um, for boys soccer and then, you know, a hard loss for the girls soccer too. So, um, but yeah, plenty of stuff coming your way today, but that'll be a, be an interesting one to say the least for sure so i'm um, we'll get to some of like you said the positive things we'll start with today we'll talk a little bit about volleyball where you were at a section semifinal game last night and we'll also be at a section semifinal game uh tomorrow night on thursday recording this on uh wednesday morning here um so we'll talk about that we have state cross country where we have too many runners to count is what i found out going through it yesterday a couple teams as well on saturday so that's where brian and i are gonna be all day saturday at state cross country so we'll preview that um also mentioned conference swimming that just went on this weekend as well um in the second half of the show we'll get to um a couple of rainy nights in monticello that tested patience and um the fun that is being out in the rain um for soccer and then also we'll give you kind of the final standings on where the picks ended up um in the second half of the show as well and how football wrapped up their season but um like i said we'll start with volleyball where Last night, um, you were at Ricori Sock Rapids um, at Sock Rapids High School, a late start at 8 o'clock because of it being um, voting day. Um, so you got to see this matchup. I know you saw these two teams play earlier in the year as well in a pretty good match um, in the regular season. So you had a pretty good idea. I know you've seen them a couple times each. Um, you know, Sock Rapids was able to win in four sets. They lost the first set. Um, you know, what's some of your analysis from this one? What really stood out to you um, in the Storms win? Yeah, I mean, it kind of seemed like at the very beginning that it was going to be kind of similar to the last time I went and saw them. Um, both very good matches, but Ricori kind of went out of the gates pretty quick um, on last night on Tuesday. And they won the first set 25-23. So it was definitely a back and forth match, that's for sure. But um, just with how the Ricori celebrated that first set, you could kind of tell the momentum and maybe the confidence was on the Spartans' side heading into that second set. But um, Sock Rapids definitely took that momentum very quickly to start off that second set. They went on a, an 11-3 to run um, to start off that second set. And then after that, it was basically, I mean, all storm. Um, the thing that I, I guess I didn't really realize um, was that um, Sock Rapids was kind of hurt. They had some banged up injuries um, when they played Ricori um, over the two two matches that they played during the regular season. So they weren't really at full strength during that regular season matches. 
Um, and I don't think Rikori was either. I know there was a couple girls that were sitting on the sidelines um, during that, during those two matches as well. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was a very good match. Sock, Sock Rapids just, it seemed like they had the better hand um, for the rest of the night. Um, they won the second set 25-21 to tie the match at 1-1. And then they went and won the third set 25-19. And then they kind of took over um, the, the fourth set 25-16. So um, some really good performances, though, by them. Um, I think the big thing with Sock Rapids is they have a lot of experience. I mean, they have eight seniors on that squad. All eight seniors are very important to that team, as well as the rest of the team. Um, they all went out for dinner before the game or before the match last night. Um, and it just seems like they have a really good bond, um, just from what I could hear from the coach, as well as Lexi Hellman, um, one of their middle middle blockers. Um, but I think another thing that they really, I mean, Karen Beckman, the, the head coach, she even said that their best thing that she saw last night was, she knows that their offense can really produce. I mean, they have plenty of hitters. They have plenty of um, uh, their their back row is really good at, you know, getting the ball in the air and, and digging it out. Um, and then obviously Kieran Hurdler is one of one of the best setters in this area. Um, but the thing that kind of surprised her a lot was just their defense. I mean, they had a really good defensive performance in the sense of just blocking. They their their blockers were really good. They worked together a lot. Most of the time when you saw them go up, there was two of them going up every single time. Um, and they just, they were really on cue basically all night. I mean, um, when, when Ricori thought that they were going to get a point, all of a sudden someone would dive and like, you know, get a quick little dig and, you know, it'd be Sock Rapids momentum once again. So, um, but also Ricori did make it close in some of these matches. I mean, when you're up 11 to three, you'd expect the, the, the set to be pretty much handed to Sock Rapids, but Ricori fought back. I mean, it, it, it was, uh, you know, like I said, 25-21 final. So obviously a lot of back and forth there. But, um, but yeah, overall, I mean, Darcy, kinda, Darcy Peterson was kind of the leader for Sock Rapids last night. She had 12 kills and 11 digs. Um, Ava Athmith, A- Athman um, had, a, had 10 kills. And then Lexi Hellman, she finished with nine kills and five digs. Kieran Hurdler, she had 36 uh, set assists and 11 digs. And then for the Spartans, Jenna Rosh, um, she finished with nine kills and two blocks, um, while Kate Holthaus um, had seven kills and 11 digs. So um, some really good performances by both teams, um, but it's not going to get any easier for the Storm <laughs> um, as they get ready for Saturday. They, they will be playing in the Section 8-3A um, title game uh on Saturday, it's at Melrose at 6 p.m., and they're taking on the 21-1 and Alexandria Cardinals, who's the number one seed. Um, they beat Detroit Lakes last night, I believe, 3-1 to as a final score. Um, and so they definitely know Alexandria. They've played Alexandria a couple times this season. Um, from what they could tell me was that they're a very fast team. They, they know how to kind of transition well from offense to defense pretty quickly. Um, but Lexi also said that their defense has really improved. So um, they're not as intimidated, I would say, um, compared to during the regular season. Um, and also the other thing is, is it's really hard to beat a th- team three times in a season. So you never know what can happen on, on Saturday. But the winner of that will head out to the state tournament next week. Um, so be interesting to see what happens in Melrose on that Saturday night. 
Yeah, and the other um, match that's already happened this week was on Monday when neither of us were working, but number five seed Cathedral beat number four Albany in section uh, 6-2A in the quarterfinals. These teams had met earlier in the year, I believe, split their two matchups earlier in the year. Um, so we were kind of interested to see the top two of the best teams in the Granite Ridge, see where they matched up in sections. Cathedral went on the road and got the win in four sets. Uh, Eleanor Pelzel had 12 kills. Kayla Sexton had 14. Um, Caitlin Both had nine kills and two blocks. And then Cami Sand had 25 set assists. So they were able to take care of business. They have a big test ahead of them now. Number one seed, Sox Center, who's been you know, one of the top teams in the state all year long. It's going to be a big test. They're going to be playing at St. Cloud State at 5 o'clock um, on Thursday. That will be at that game. Both of us actually get to see kind of how they fare in that one. So this will be interesting. They'll be playing at Tech. Oh, at Tech. Sorry, you're correct. I think before it said St. Cloud State, but they switched yeah. to Tech. Yeah, so, they switched it to Tech. So Perfect. So, yeah, so th- that'll be an interesting one as well. Obviously, we didn't get to see this one, um, but what would you kind of expect out of that, Brian? They've had a pretty good run, um, it looks like, through the section tournament. I believe they won very easily in three sets in their uh, their first-round game as well, Cathedral did. Yeah, no, they, they beat Royalton in three sets um, to start off the section tournament, and I think the big thing with them is very similar to Sock Rapids-Rice. They have a lot of weapons. I mean, you have Kayla Sexton, you have Caitlin Voth and Eleanor Pezel that's on kind of the outside with the hitters. And then Cami Sand, as well as um, Olivia Prom, they both are really good at being able to do that, you know, have those two setters out there. So you never know who's going to be setting it to, to who. Um, and then you have Paige um, Len, Lenzen Hamrell, um, who's kind of their libero, and she's been pretty good in the back row as well. So I mean, overall, I think you have a really good lineup heading into Sox Center. Um, obviously, Sox Center is phenomenal. I think they're, what, 25-1 and one or something like that. I know they only have one loss on the season. So, um, deservingly so, they get the number one seed. And, uh, I mean, a lot of people are expecting them to get to state and probably perform really well at state. Um, but it'll be interesting to kind of see how things unfold on Thursday because, I mean, if Cathedral can beat Sox Center – on Thursday, I think they have, I mean, obviously an easier match for the championship than anything else. I mean, this is kind of their championship on Thursday is if they can beat a Sox center team, I think they can pretty much beat anyone in that section. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it should be a fun one to go watch. I, I think Cathedral definitely has a good matchup against Sox center, just height wise and athletic wise. Um, but obviously we'll, we'll find out on Thursday at 5 p.m. Yeah, and since we last recorded, too, the the rest of the volleyball teams that we cover kind of all ended their season. Um, most of them, a couple of them in the quarterfinals, Sartell, they jumped up to Class 4A for the first time. While they were the three seed and were at home, they lost in four sets to Bemidji um, to end their season. Uh, other Another upset was uh, number four, Tech, hosting number five, Detroit Lakes, in that section um, with Sock Rapids and Ricori that we mentioned earlier. Um, they actually got swept in that one, um, three sets to none uh, by Detroit Lakes. They pulled off the upset there. So, yeah, the the only two teams that are left are Sock Rapids um, and Cathedral. Um, Cathedral, like we said, trying to make a section final. Well, Sock Rapids already booked their spot in a section final. So uh, by the end of the week, we'll know who's kind of going to state for, for volleyball. Yeah, and for everybody that's kind of looking out for it, I mean, last night, or my story should be up there with the gallery from last night's match. Um, and then Zach and I will be out there. So Zach will be doing a gallery and I'll have the story out 
from the Cathedral match. Um, and then I think Dave might be going out to Melrose on Saturday um, and taking some photos. So um, plenty of content coming your way regarding um, regarding volleyball. Um, and then, you know, if if everybody, if people win, if teams win and, and advance the state, that's where we'll be next year or next week. So um, we got a little bit of a lighter schedule, so I'm okay with it <laughs> next week if, if we can go over to the XL Energy Center and, and be able to see some of our teams play. So, yeah, uh, never a bad time. And the Dave will be out there, like you said, we're, we're thinking possibly Saturday night. And the reason it'll just be him is because we're going to have our hands full all day Saturday down in Northfield. We'll be taking about a two-hour trek down there to St. Olaf College to watch state cross-country. Um, it'll be my first time at the state cross-country meet. Um, and I'm excited. We have a couple teams. Both Cathedral guys and girls will be competing as a team chasing a state title. Uh, Cathedral was second in their section in um, Class A Section 5, and the girls handily won their section. Um, so from, from just kind of what I've seen and how they've been ranked all year, I would expect the girls to have a very good shot at possibly winning state um, just with how they've been placing, how they've been improving and how they were just very, very dominant um, in their section, which is a pretty decent section as well. So um, that'll be in class a, which, you know, it, it would make sense either to go three, two, a, you know, three, a, two, a, one, a, or one, a, two, a, three, but no, it goes three, a, one, a, two, a. So for the schedule, just to maximize the fun. So um, it starts at nine 30. And I think the last, Two a race is like what three thirty maybe three three thirty yeah, something like that. Yeah, so, fifteen. So yeah, so it's kind of an all day um, ordeal. But we have a couple runners from Sartell running in the three a race. It's their first time jumping up to class three a. So we have Eli Hansen on the boys' side, and then uh, Maddie Dockendorf and Ashley Nelson on the girls' side. Uh, so that'll be in three a. Two a. We have a ton of runners as well. No teams, but um, you know, a couple from Apollo, a couple from Ricori. Um, and then we also have Albany Olivia Gable, who is one of the favorites for, um, you know, the, um, the state title potentially, if she keeps her times this, I think last race in sections was the first time she hasn't improved her time the entire season from what I've seen, but she did get, you know, a personal best just the week before. Um, and I'd expect her, especially with the fastest runners in the state that kind of breeds good competition. So, um, she has a good chance to possibly win that if she can get back to that point. And she was only, you know, ahead by 15 seconds ahead of the second place runner at, at sections. So no big deal or anything like that. I mean, uh, I mean, 15 seconds is like, you know, not that long in cross country running, right? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and her personal best was under 18 minutes at conference. And that one, I think she won by like almost a minute. So, um, <laughs> you know, it just continues. So. I'm very excited. And she's only a sophomore, by the way. And, <laughs> so. and especially, she has already proven it at track last year. She was, I believe, fourth in the mile that we saw and did very good in the relay as well to to help them get on the podium. So um, a lot to expect there. Vincent Kaluza on the guys' side from Ricori is probably um, has the best, the best chance for a good finish on that side. He was second at sections, had a really good time as well. Um, he's a junior and he continues to improve. So... Those are a couple of um, names to look for there. And then on Class A, like we said, Cathedral, they had, um, you know, they had some good individual finishes as well. There's no doubt about that. Turner Shad was fifth um, on the boys' side. And then on the girls' side, too, Elevoit was second. Um, Addie Monlock was fourth. Claire Shot sixth. Lily Jameson, seventh. As you hear that many top tens, it, it makes a little more sense why 
they had such a dominant team score. So um, that's going to be key for for both teams. It seemed like Cathedral, um, you know, had a couple had a couple guys just the times, and it wasn't great conditions from what you can expect last week too. You have to remember this is last Thursday or Friday when it was very either rainy, muddy from a couple days of not great weather. So most of these times weren't a lot weren't personal bests for the year just because of how the conditions were, but it looks like Saturday's going to be very nice. It looks like it's going to be probably in um, the fifties and sunny, not too much wind, hopefully. So hopefully we can get some, some great times that day, but I'd expect uh, both those cathedral teams to have a real shot at doing something special. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And also Olivia, um, just being able to see what she's been able to do all season. Um, definitely someone that could be a contender in that top five or even win it. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, for us, we'll be heading out there, like like Zach said. Um, we'll get our nice donut in the morning and um, maybe a cup of coffee or something like that in, in the morning and head out there um, for the day. And like he said, Class AAA will be in the morning. Um, class A will follow kind of early afternoon. And then Class AA will be the end of it um, kind of in the later afternoon. And We'll be having plenty of content. Um, I think I'll be probably writing up a couple stories um, from that just because Cathedral will have a couple teams there. So we'll have our team story and then we'll have our individual story. So um, plenty of content coming your way. And then Zach will be doing a gallery as well. So um, plenty of stuff that's going to be happening that Saturday. And um, so make sure to check out sdtimes.com for all of that, as well as um our our twitter pages because i'm sure we'll be blowing up a bunch of different updates and stuff on how teams are doing and how people are doing so um plenty of stuff in that sense on on saturday that's for sure yeah and with with the individuals too just with them and also even the teams i mentioned i know also st john's prep has a couple athletes st cloud christian school had a, a girl qualifies as well too so i mean with the individuals and our teams i think there's at least 30 something athletes that we cover that We'll be running there. So, yeah, so there will be plenty of photos, plenty to talk about with that. So um, that'll be a lot of fun on Saturday. And then um, a couple other uh, sports we wanted to touch on before we get to our first break. Um, swimming had their conference meets on uh, this past Saturday, and it looked like um, from what, what you had put down, Brian, that they had some pretty good results. Yeah, I mean, yeah, last Saturday, the Central Lakes Conference meet, um, Alexandria did get the the win over Sartell. Um, Alexandria finished with 449 points. Sertel finished with 446 points. So a very close um, back and forth there between the Sabres and the Cardinals. Um, Ricori finished right behind them in third place with 375 points. And then Tech got fifth and Sock Rapids Race got sixth, as well as Apollo getting ninth. Um, in the Granite Ridge Conference, Cathedral St. John's Prep Co-op, um, they took home the the title with 602 total points. Albany was right behind them with 491 points to take second place. Um, so some really good performances there. I know a lot of them are kind of getting ready for that section section meet, which is going to be happening this upcoming week. Um, uh, quite a few different places. We have a couple teams going to Becker, um, a couple of teams going to the University of Minnesota Morris, and then um, Sartell is also hosting their section meet. So um plenty of plenty of different stuff there which is which is kind of fun to see um and definitely expecting quite a few different swimmers and divers to be heading out to state um that weekend of the 9th and 20th of november um but 
I think next week we'll probably preview the girls swimming a little bit more um, since that'll be kind of um, potentially maybe one of the only sports left along with volleyball um, for the fall. So, um, and then we'll also probably talk a little bit about adapted soccer too. Um, I know they're getting ready for their section tournament and then state is also the same weekend as um, girls swimming and diving on the 19th and 20th. So, I think next week we'll probably talk more about girls swimming and diving as well as adapted soccer, but um, make sure to stay tuned because we'll have plenty of stuff coming your way next week regarding it. Yeah. And then um, last thing before we get to the break is girls tennis. They wrapped up. We had one doubles team at state um, and they played two matches, um, Paige Tirole and M- Ella Marol. Um, they played their first match. They had a really tough draw. They had to face the number three seed in all of class two A. Um, from Moundsview, they lost to them 6-1, 6 one 6 nothing. so they dropped down um, to kind of the, the consolation bracket after losing that first-round match, and they lost to a duo from Woodbury um, in the, the super tiebreaker in that third set. So, um, you know, didn't didn't win a match at State, but they're both, um, you know, it was their, like you've talked about it here before, it was their first time coming together after playing singles all year, some valuable State experience as well. Um, that I'm sure will kind of serve them good um, and well in the years ahead. So, um, I know Paige is only an eighth grader and Ella's a junior, so both of them coming back next year. So never know what may happen um, regarding next year, but a really good experience for the two of them, that's for sure. Absolutely. So, yeah, so um, like I said, that'll wrap up the first part of the show. When we come back after the break, we will talk about uh, state soccer. Uh, section football and then also get to a little bit of college news and notes um, to wrap up the show so thanks for tuning in so far and we will be right back Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Um, like we mentioned earlier, we had a lot of teams end their season last week, uh, beginning with state soccer on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, we were down there in Monticello. Now, that was the nice part. It was only in Monticello, short drive. Some of the other schools had like three-hour drives. We had like a 40-minute drive. Um, but it just didn't really want to stop raining at all, ever, um, that we found out. And we didn't have a very consistent spot in the press box either. Um, since there's a lot of people at the state tournament. So I did a lot of editing for my car, from the bleachers, from random other spots. But um, in the end, we had Cathedral Girls lost Wednesday night. Cathedral Boys um, lost by a goal Thursday night in the first game. And then Tech lost in a penalty shootout uh, for the boys on Thursday night to wrap it up. So a little bit disappointing, but um, just in general, what were, you know, did you have any big takeaways, Brian? Was there anything that was really memorable to you in these ones? I think the main thing is, is, I mean, obviously it's hard to get to the state tournament. And so, um, I mean, with Cathedral and with Tech, um, Cathedral girls and Tech boys, they were both unranked. They um, were facing off against probably some of the better teams um, in the state. And so, I mean, like we said in the podcast before that, before before Wednesday's mat or game, I mean Cotter's a really good team. They and you could tell that they, you know, their two goal scorers were pretty phenomenal. They can get down the down the field pretty quick, 
They can, you know, put the ball in the back of the net. And I think the hard part is, is, you know, with Cathedral, if they don't start off right away, you know, in those first five minutes, that they don't really aren't able to get a goal or be, you know, effective or anything. I mean, it seemed like Cotter kind of took advantage of that and then rode with it for the rest of the game. And, um, I mean, they had a few chances here and there, but for the most part, Cotter's defense was really strong um, in, in not giving up a goal. And um, But, I mean, it's still a very good season for the Crusaders. They finished the season 10-8-1. Um, they went to the state tournament for the first time since 2005. Um, they get rid of a lot of seniors. That's one big part is they're going to be losing quite a bit of seniors and a lot of experience on that team. But doesn't mean that next year they, they can't, you know, learn from this and be able to maybe, you know, make another good run next year. So, but I, I was going to say just with with all these games that we saw and especially we noticed it from the first girls game, the both guys games the next night too, just the, you know, precision on passes, the moves that individuals could make. It was just like an entirely different step up. Um, from games we had seen in section. We saw a lot of these games play almost every one of their section games. And yeah. when you get to that state level, and like you said, you're facing some of the you know top three ranked teams in state, what individuals are able to do, how they you know stay composed in situations where you know the defense is running, it's a tough ball, they just calmly tap it out of bounds or they calmly pass it around and you know go on the counterattack. It's just it just seemed entirely different from the soccer we'd seen most of the year. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And and I think the other thing is, is with the girls game, there wasn't as many calls, um, particularly. I mean, there wasn't many free kicks. There wasn't a whole lot of that type of stuff. But for the boys, it seemed like especially that um, Pine Islands and Broda Mazeppa and then the Cathedral boys game, there was a lot of calls. It, it seemed like it was just no one could really get in a rhythm because every once in a while. And, and the other problem is, is that it's slippery. I mean, it was raining constantly on Wednesday and Thursday, so I'm sure even though it was a turf field and Monticello's field looks really nice, it's still slippery. I mean, it's been raining for an entire, for two days straight, basically. So, um, so I mean, your footing is probably not ideal. And so a slip can look like a, you know, a penalty. Um, and so I think the main, the, I think the whistle was a little bit too much at sometimes, um, at some points. And uh, no one was really, really able to get into a rhythm. I mean, Pine Island's one goal that they got came from a kick that was, I think, 40 yards out. I mean, it was a beautiful kick. And it just it basically sailed right over um, Palmer's hands at, at the goalkeeper and um, went in. And and, I, and that was the only one that they had. And, I mean, after that. But the other thing, I think, along with the fact that, you know, they're so good at, you know, passing back and forth and being able to control the ball, I think the other thing is, is they don't really freak out when they have a lead. Uh, I mean, some teams when, when like cathedral was playing different teams in the section tournament, when they, when cathedral or when the team went up, they kind of held back. And I mean, just like what happened with Pelican Rapids, I mean, cathedral was down um, one to nothing. And when Pelican Rapids got their goal, you could tell that they did a lot of keep away. It was a lot of keep away. They didn't actually make an, a defensive effort. And that led to Cathedral having a couple opportunities to take advantage and score, and they did. Um, and so I think with these teams, they know how to kind of control that defense, even though they have a have a lead. And that's something that, you know, the big difference between state teams and section teams. 
Absolutely. And like you said, that was an incredible goal in that one from Pine Island. And then, you know, it was kind of funny that literally about 10 minutes into Tech's game, Andrew Holmes takes, um, this was instead of just a normal kick, it was it was a free kick, but he drilled one from 30 yards out that took us both by surprise too. That was incredible. That put them up one nothing. Um, they tried to stay aggressive, but it just seemed like in the second half, Holy Angels, their kind of individual talent that seemed like to me just kind of outperformed them and were they were winning a lot of, you know, kind of these one-on-one battles. They were creating a ton of opportunities in the second half, and they couldn't convert on any other than one goal pretty early there in the second half. So we went through that. We went through two overtime periods, and eventually we ended up in penalty kicks, whereas a place we've seen a lot of teams so far in uh, the section tournaments. And in that one, Holy Angels just, they were on a different level. Their goalie weighed two diving saves that were insane um, that gave them kind of all the momentum on their kicking side. I, you know, they very calmly made all four. They took, I believe, right. They, they won four to one on them and saved two. And, um, it was only four, not five, because when you went, you're up by enough in penalty kicks, it just ends. So when they, uh, they made that fourth, it was over. And yeah, it just, it was disappointing for tech, you know, the tech, unlike, uh, you know, cathedral girls, we said had been about 15, 16 years, cathedral boys, it had been, um, a good number of years too since they'd been state tech this was their you know fourth straight section title going in they've been at state quite a few times they played the same holy angels team exactly two years to the day in the state semifinals um at u.s bank uh, in 2019 so they're very used to this level and um they performed to that level where they've played with one of the best teams in the state as well and had an early lead but they just kind of couldn't put it uh, all together. And But if you, you know, they're, they as well do lose some big pieces. You have Andrew who scored the goal and was just huge for them in the midfield all year. You have, uh, you know, Nick in goal that was just huge effort for them all year too. And uh, uh, Liam on the back line too on defense. Um, so you lose a couple pieces, but if you look up and down the roster of guys that perform for them as well, there's a lot of sophomores, a lot of juniors that were starting on the team. So I think they're also very well positioned to, you know, try to make a fifth section title next year, you know, try to get back to state, get to this level. Um, Cause they've kind of made themselves, that's a standard for them to be in that situation. So um, it was cool to see them perform well, just kind of a shame that they came up a little short. Well, and, and the thing that I learned is that soccer is a game of inches. I mean, the, the goal that Holy Angels got to, to tie it one, one in the second half, literally went across the field. It was a kick that went across the field and, you kind of thought it might be wide. I mean, I was at an angle where, like, obviously you can't see it that well, but it looked like it was it was going wide, and then it hit the post, the side goal post, and it rolled back in and went in for a goal to tie it 1-1. So, I mean, if anything, I mean, if that thing goes a little bit more wide, who knows, maybe Tech's playing in the, in the semifinals next week, you know? Um, so... I, I think that just shows you how close these games can be. And, and I mean, very good games in that sense. Um, but all three teams should be very proud of what they were able to do this year because, I mean, going to state just in general is a huge accomplishment. So, um, but, yeah, looking forward to next year because I think there's going to be quite a few guys that are quite – I mean, obviously you're losing a handful of guys, but you're also returning a lot of key players that can make some good runs once again. Definitely. So we'll keep an eye on that for next year. And um, we'll also get to football now here. So, um, Brian, I think you tallied up the totals um, for our picks since, as we said, all five of our teams lost. So there are no picks to make this week because we're all done. So 
what were the final standings um, in the picks this year? Well, I might have won, but that might have been because I cheated and put in different numbers. But um, no, in all honesty, Dave did a nice job this year. He came out as the winner. Um, he finished with a 47-11 and 11 record. And then you were right behind him with a 45 and 13 record, and I was last with 41 and 17 record. So, all of us above 40 wins. So nice in that sense. So, I mean, at least it wasn't like you know I was at 35 and you know 20 or something like that. So yeah, you were you were nipping at the heels. There's no question about it. So I made some choices this week that probably I wouldn't have made if I was two games or four games behind. But, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. So, yeah, I think I think I did the math. The two that you picked, kind of your upset specials, they got outscored like 96 to 7. So when that happens, there's not much you can do, you know? Yeah, it was it was a tough it was a tough afternoon because um, there was two road games for our local teams and then three home games at night, one at five, six and seven. And uh, I, I was getting ready to go to the Ricori game at five and looked at my phone and I'm like, 45 to nothing, Annandale beats Cathedral. And then I looked again and I was like, okay, 50, 51 to seven, Becker beats Apollo. I was like, wow, those are some final scores there. So I think what I've learned is that the number one seeds when it comes to the section tournament, they don't really mess around a whole lot. They they like to get, get going right away and kind of have you try and compete with them. So um, which was very surprising because I, I after seeing the Apollo Becker game um, earlier this year where Becker won 23 to 18, I was kind of expecting a really close game for for the Eagles and um Becker just went out running right away. Um, I think they went on a, I think, yeah, they led 30 to nothing by the half. And then after that, I mean, the one touchdown came from Andrew Carls. Um, but after that, I mean, they had a total of 195 total yards of offense for Apollo, whereas Becker had 447 yards of offense. So, um, yeah, just kind of a very different, very different outcome than I was, what I was expecting. Yeah, you know, that it, it's tough to end your year like that, especially after how big of strides they've made this year. They still did finish the season 5-5, five and five, which is a big jump from where they started, where they've been winless for, you know, almost two full seasons. So um, positive direction there moving as well. Cathedral, um, like you said, a 45 nothing loss um, at Annandale. Also tough to swallow, but in the same regard, they were able to get three wins this year um, and be close in a couple others that they dropped, um, that they had a chance in that, in past years, it's only been one or maybe two wins has kind of been the, the standard or even a winless season here and there. So um, while both while both programs didn't want to end it that way, um, they definitely are moving in the right direction, which uh, was good to see. So those two ended their seasons. Um, like you said, the number one seeds had success there, and we expected kind of the same from Albany after how they'd been rolling in recent weeks. Um, and then they were upset as well. You know, New London Spicer beat them 14 to 12 um, as the four seed. They'd Come before the game, they'd lost a bunch of games in the regular season, kind of winding down. They had a huge win over five seed Melrose, and we were like, "Well, that kind of came out of nowhere." And then uh, they were able to go on the road and beat Albany as well. You know, Carter Beer he did score um, a rushing touchdown in the first half, um, and then Carter Voss um, found Tyson Garrett for a passing touchdown for the second score. But um, they still weren't able to 
you know, come out on top. Carter was held to only 92 yards and one touchdown, which is far below he'd been getting, you know, at least about 200 yards a game. So clearly New London did something right in that regard. But um, obviously we're not at this game, but this still was a very surprising result for both of us. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, and the other surprising part of it was it was 14 to 12 at the half and no one scored in the second half. So um, just shows you kind of what what that second half was like. And uh, I mean, yeah, just very I was looking at it when I was heading back home and I was looking at the thing and I thought the Huskies were up 14 to 12. And then I saw Wildcats and I was like, oh, never mind. That's not the right name. Um, So, yeah, just. I mean, something worked for New London Spicer. I mean, New London Spicer definitely has a good football tradition. Um, Obviously, this year has been kind of a little bump in the road, but apparently it's working out pretty well because they were able to get the upset, and now they're in the finals next week. But um, I think the one thing, the one takeaway that you can can get from Albany is that, yes, you're going to lose Carter Beer. You're going to lose LaQuay Jefferson. You're going to lose Declan Crumley. There's a lot of different guys on this team that you're going to lose, but there's a lot of young guys that, I mean, that are going to be kind of taking over those roles, and they've been playing this season. Whereas, you know, last year, there was a lot of seniors on that team that didn't really give much experience for those juniors and sophomores. This year, there's a lot of sophomores and juniors that have been playing on the on the varsity team, and, you know, it should be good for Albany heading into next year. I mean, Albany is always a, a good football team, regardless of – who's on the who's on the field but that experience will probably be key for them next year and then another upset that happened was um sock rapids playing at home they lost 22 to 14 to bemidji um this is one we expected to be close um that we talked about last week especially um just with how they'd played each other the first time um with dom still not playing at quarterback um and being injured we knew this was going to be a tight one um you know bemidji was able to come down get that upset by a score. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's surprising, and it kind of wasn't at the same time. Just it didn't seem like the Storm were able to generate a ton of offense. Um, from looking at the stats, once again, this is one we weren't at. You were at Recorded Detroit Lakes that we'll talk about last. But um, just kind of looking over how this went down, Brian, what, what kind of stuck out to you? I mean, it, it's tough because, you know, Jack Klein – Obviously, a much better performance than the other two weeks because I think he had a little bit of some preparation to get ready for this Mamiji game. Um, really good first half. He found um, Jace Walrath for a five-yard touchdown pass, um, and then he also found Andrew Heron for a 35-yard touchdown t- pass to make it 14 to seven heading into the half. So the Storm were up 14 to seven at the half, which is which is awesome. Um, and then. You know, it was kind of after that, it just seemed like that offense couldn't really generate anything. And, you know, Mamiji took, I mean, giving up only 22 points in a game is not a ton for, I mean, I mean, the Sock Rapids defense probably gave up, what, 21 points against Moorhead. So, I mean, this is the most points that they've given up, but it's 22 points. I mean, it's not a ton of points compared to what other teams in our area have given up. So um, I think it's just hard because, you know, you have Jack Klein in there who really hasn't had a whole lot of time to kind of prep as the number one quarterback. Um, Dominic Mathias has kind of been that main guy for them. And um, and so, I mean, Jack Klein went six for 23 in the air with 107 passing yards. So, 
I think it's just it's hard to kind of look at it from that sense. Uh, it looked like a lot of turnovers as well. Jack had two interceptions, and I, I just I think it was one of those things where Mamiji, I mean, Mamiji's a good team, and when you play a good team and you don't have your number one quarterback behind center, it's going to be tough. Yeah, and like we said, we knew if you know that's we said they're only going to give up a couple touchdowns, so you're going to be in the game no matter what. It's just can you kind of get those little things to put you over the top. Obviously, it, it didn't really happen in this one. It seemed like Bemidji also holding Alex to uh, only 33 yards on 11 carries. So clearly, the rushing game wasn't really happening either. And like you said, only um, you know 6 of 23 passing, the, the accuracy and just the connection with receivers wasn't really happening throughout the game either. So when that's when that's going on, it's, it's going to be tough to come back, especially when you get down late. So um, I'm sure, obviously, Soccer App is a bit disappointed. You start 6-0. and um you're playing up at Moorhead you're playing while your quarterback goes down and then that seems to kind of just derail the season they they finish the season six and three so uh we'll see kind of how they bounce back next year but um they have a a really big senior class as well that they're gonna have to work in a lot of new guys to to step up into some of those spots so next year will definitely um be an interesting one for them as well and then the last game um that you were at for this one uh Ricori Detroit Lakes um, another surprising upset, kind of the theme of football, as we said. Uh, Detroit Lakes wins 21-20 to as the number three seed over Ricori um, after Ricori kind of had an early lead in this one. Um, you were, like, you said, like I said, you were at this one. What, what really stuck out? What kind of led Detroit Lakes to be able to come back in this game and get the win? I mean, I think the one thing is, is Detroit Lakes hasn't played any section opponents, so nobody really knew what to expect from them. Um, they they've played a lot of three A teams, and so it, it, it when you play a lot of three A teams, you don't really play a ton of four A teams, so you don't really know what to expect, and you don't really have many similar opponents um, in that sense. But it seemed like it was kind of a, a game of momentum shifts. I mean, Ricori kind of got the momentum early on. Um, Mason Dahl found or found the end zone for a 25-yard touchdown, uh, made it eight to nothing, and then Brady Blattner scored right away in the second um, quarter to make it a 14 to nothing um, game. But then, basically, like right after Brady got his touchdown, Detroit Lakes got the got the kickoff, um, and maybe a couple plays later, they went down the field for a 58-yard touchdown and made it a 14 to seven game. So. After that, you're kind of like, okay, well, maybe the momentum went back to Detroit Lakes a little bit. Um, and then with two minutes left, Detroit Lakes went in for another touchdown, uh, made it 14-14, to 14, and you were kind of like, all right, two minutes left, probably going to be a tie game heading into the halftime. But um, Jack Spanier was able to find the end zone for a seven-yard touchdown with, like, seconds left on the on the clock. I think it was probably, like, 20 seconds or so left. Um, and made it a 20-14 to 14 lead. And I think at that point, when you went into the half and they had that lead, you were kind of like, all right, Ricori has that momentum. They obviously got that score, which is huge heading into the second half. Um, and so you kind of thought that maybe Ricori would be able to put this put this game away pretty, pretty easily. Um, and then after that, um, they... The Lakers got the ball right away in the second half, um, and they kind of took a lot of clock off. Um, they they did a lot of running plays, did a lot of passing plays, kind of did that mix, but they all stayed in bounds, and the clock just kept ticking around, um, over and over and over. Well, finally, um, 
Ricori puts them at fourth and eight on the Detroit Lakes 49-yard line. Um, and the Lakers went out for a punt. And they were kind of sitting there and sitting there, and you could see that the play clock was kind of going down. Um, you only had 24 seconds to 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 snap the ball. And um, you could tell that it was looked like it hit zero. <laughs> I'm not the ref. I'm not going to make any (laughs) decisions on that. But it definitely looked like it went to zero. Um, Talking to a couple other people on the other side of the field um, that are Detroit Lakes people, they said they saw it hit zero, too. Um, I don't know. Whatever. You can go with whatever you want to do on that. Um, But regardless, the ball was snapped. No call was made. And they did a fake punt, Went, um, got the first down. And then after that... They were able to score um, and be able to get the 21 to 20 lead with about three minutes left in the quarter. And after that, Ricori really didn't, they couldn't really do anything. They did, they couldn't execute fourth downs. Um, they just weren't able to kind of get that offense going. They were able to shut down Detroit Lakes um, after that. The defense was able to shut out them um, for the fourth quarter, but the Spartans just couldn't really get much offense going um, when it was important. When it was that important fourth down needed to convert, um, it was either a bad pass or you know um, bad run or whatever it may be. But it just wasn't able to get that first down and, and be able to execute. So um, Spartans ended the game with 247 yards of offense. Um, Detroit Lakes had 320 yards of offense. Um, Span- Jack Spanier went 18 for 38 with 180 passing yards. Um, Mason Dahl, um, he was kind of the leading lead running back because Luke Van Erp actually was injured. He actually had a boot on his leg. Um, so um, he kind of took over that what running back one position, and he had 43 yards and a rushing touchdown. Um, Ricori ended the season five and four. Um, at, and, I, I mean, it was a good season for the for the Spartans. I think this year we were definitely talking about how there's a lot of new guys on that team, um, especially after the two years of, you know, that state run and then being able to win the section section title last year in 2020. You kind of were like, all right, well, there's a lot of new guys on this team. You have some guys like Brady Blattner and, and so forth that have been on this team for a while. But um, but overall, you kind of knew that it was going to be a little difficult Um season just because of the experience that, that that they didn't have um so next year i think will be very interesting because they have a lot of juniors and sophomores coming back and i think the spartans will be one team to kind of look out for heading into next year yeah definitely it, it seems like the common problem with all the teams we talked about is none of them could score in the second half on <laughs> on saturday looking back at it sock rapids couldn't albany couldn't um Ricori couldn't Pedro didn't score at all, and Apollo only got seven. So um, when it comes down to it in in section games, if you're held out like that, um, it's going to be tough to win games. So um, like we said, a bit surprising that we were already done with football before even getting to see a section final from our seven teams. Um, it, I, like you said, it gives us a little more time to cover the other sports in the next few weeks, but definitely um, kind of... Uh, not necessarily shifts the focus to winter, but it definitely is like, wow. So these people are just going to like now be, they're going to be playing basketball in the next week or so. You know, they're a lot of these guys are um, going to be done. And with soccer finishing too, mo- most sports are now kind of wrapping up as, as we get to state time. So 
Um, very unique, kind of different, but um, I guess we can start on our winter previews a little early for some of these other teams. There's already a couple of sports that you told me that started practice already, which kind of makes me sick almost to think about for <laughs> for the winter. But, I mean, the one thing that I will add to it, I didn't get to say it for Sock Rapids, but that Sock Rapids football team is a special team. I mean, um, not saying that the other teams aren't, but that senior class is just one special group. Um, and for me, I had the privilege of being able to see them a few times this year play before they went on the road and um, played, like, at Monticello and at Moorhead. But that just, I mean, it, it's tough to see because... They were, like you said, were on such a good run going 6-0. and um, And then that that injury to Dominic just, I think, kind of tumbled the season a little bit. It kind of took the sails out of that offense. And um, it's tough to see because that team is, or that senior group is very special. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how that basketball season goes because a lot of those football players play on the basketball team. And I think there's going to be a lot of... Um, we need to win this now type of thing. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see how that basketball season goes. But I just wanted to make a quick note about that because that, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've enjoyed covering all of the football teams this season and all of them have are special in different ways. But that senior class is just very unique. Um, just such a great group of guys to talk to and um, a very great group of um, seniors that kind of love that team. So um they're going to be missed a lot but be excited to see how that basketball season goes absolutely so yeah that that about wraps up high school for today um just a couple college things wanted to touch on before um we get out of here today st cloud state still number one ranked in the country for men's hockey they had a bye week last week and they're going to be going on the road to colorado college to start conference play um, this Friday and Saturday, they'll be pretty heavily favored, I'd say, in those games. So we'll see if they can kind of have a good first real road trip. They haven't been haven't been out of the state yet. Now that I think about it, um, the entire season playing at Mankato, playing at the Gophers, a couple home series. So um, this will be a good test for them. Uh, St. John's football. What was it? You were the one that wrote the story because I was off on Saturday. Eighty-one to nothing, I believe it was. Yep, eighty nothing. They were they were leading fifty four to nothing at the half. So I, I kind of had the game, the audio going in the afternoon a little bit, and um on the radio, and I was just and looking at the live stats, and I was like, oh boy. So they <laughs> the took funny care part of is the funny part is Chris Back has had like one hundred and fifty four yards, but he had four touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, and I think he was like, it was like twelve of fourteen or something. If you still yeah. look at his stats this year, I think he's completed like. <laughs> 85% of his passes. It's nuts. So um, they continue to roll. They already, with the win too, they clinched on their division side already. So the only question is, are they going to be traveling to Bethel or Augsburg um, next week uh, for the Mayak championship kind of week thing where you, the division winner on one side goes against the other and second versus second, kind of all the way down on the division. So um it, it'll be interesting. I, I have a feeling a lot of people are hoping that it's going to be Bethel because that was such a great game the first time that they would like another test against another ranked opponent uh, before the season's over. They have one more regular season game on the road this week at Carleton, who they are 37-0 and against all time. Um, so, yeah, so pretty solid there. They've been winning by almost an average of like 50 points a game in the last couple of years. So, while that makes you think that it's probably pretty easy, um, you know, Carlton, is, I think they're 6-2 and two this year. 
their most wins in about 10, 15 years. Um, and they're having a really good season too. So could be could be a little bit of a test there on the road. Be good to get another road game for the Johnnies too. Um, and then today, actually, this afternoon in about two hours or so um, from when we're recording this, we'll be heading out to St. Joseph because St. Ben's has a uh, Mayak semifinal uh, tournament game against St. Mary's. Um, I'm excited to see that because St. Ben's, I think they haven't lost in, I believe it's 11 games in a row. They're unbeaten heading into this game. They lost their first conference game of the year. And then they haven't lost since. It's been at least over a month since they've lost. So they're running an incredible streak. They've allowed like, um, I want to say it was like 11 goals the whole year. It's like both, they have two goalies that play a bunch, kind of alternate, and they both are have like less than a goal allowed per game. So their defense wow. has been incredible, and I'm excited to, to get to watch it. And Dave's going to be taking pictures, so I'm going to get just to watch the game, which... As you know, happens about once Special. a season, maybe. Yeah. So, <laughs> other than other than men's hockey for Saint Cloud State, it happens about once a month or two that I get to do that. So, <laughs> excited for that as well. But yeah, there's a lot of um, a lot of postseason play going on for our D3, D2 teams in the fall sports coming up, and um, winter sports wrestling already starts this weekend. Basketball, a lot of basketball begins to start this weekend as well. Um, gosh, there's so many things happening. <laughs> But yeah, it's no, better than that again. Yeah, but it's better than almost this time last year when we had nothing happening and we got shut down for everything. So Very there true. are positives, but yes, there's there's a lot going on. But um, yeah, excited to see where it kind of all falls out. And then by by the next couple of weeks, we'll start to see you know which of these teams are making NCAA tournaments, um, you know, winning conference titles, all that kind of stuff. So um, a lot to still go down in the next week. So stay tuned to sctimes.com. Absolutely. Yeah. So just kind of a little recap Thursday, Zach and I will be over at um, volleyball as Cathedral takes on Sock Center at Tech at 5 p.m. Friday, I have a day off um, and we'll be kind of enjoying that a little bit. <laughs> um, Saturday, we'll be out in um, cross country land in St. Olaf um, doing the state tournament there for our 475 individuals that'll be racing there um maybe a little less than that um and then next week it just kind of all depends on how results go for this week with volleyball um the only thing i do know is that section swimming will be happening thursday friday and saturday for the different local teams um and then if a volleyball team does win um i know the state tournament starts i think it's wednesday thursday friday um they'll play one of those days um but we'll get more information out to you if that happens so um but yeah no otherwise very busy couple of weeks and starting to get that transition between fall and winter sports so always kind of fun i'm working on some schedules right now and talking to coaches about what the winter season is going to be like so be tuned stay tuned for that as well <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't stop that's the beauty of it so um we're just going to keep rolling on so i think that'll about do it for today's podcast so once again thank you for tuning in to the sc time sports report podcast and we will see you again next time